What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Rineker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. My name is Derek Frisbee from DF Sports on YouTube. So today we are here to talk about two prospects in the upcoming 2023 NFL draft that the Browns could be looking at, probably are looking at. Who knows? But before we do, be sure to check out the Dogs Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And please be sure to drop a like on this video. And if you do like the video, subscribe. There's plenty more videos like this. So turn on your notifications. There's plenty of Browns content coming out all the time for you. And I don't talk in this microphone just so you can hear me talk. We want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts. So one way you can do that is to comment on this video. We would appreciate it. We will respond to you. And if your thoughts are too much to comment, thedogspodcast.com, you can drop a voicemail. We will play it out on the show and react to your thoughts and let us know what you think. And we will let you know what we think. So, and by the way, if that's not enough for you, jointhedogs.com is a way that you can join the Patreon. There's a ton going on there. There's a text chat, Discord, fantasy football. If you want to let me know I'm an idiot and you watch this video and you say, hey, I disagree with you, that's one way for you to get a hold of me because I am in the Patreon. So, hey, jointhedogs.com, join the Patreon, get that extra stuff going on there. It's it's great. So, And plus, if you want to hear the real Blake, jointhedogs.com, it's, it's worth it. It's, it's definitely worth it. But with that being said, let's talk about it. So we have two guys here for you today. Uh, like I said earlier, two guys the Browns probably are looking at, they probably should be looking at. And similar to last week, I have two different positions for you. One is the same position as last week. Last week, we talked about Marvin Mims, receiver out of Oklahoma. Today, we're going to kick things off with Jonathan Mingo, ride receiver out of Ole Miss, So this is interesting because today we had the unfortunate news that Browns receiver Michael Woods has torn his Achilles, I think, if not his ACL, one of the two. Either way, it's terrible. It's unfortunate. Very sad for Michael Woods. I actually like Michael Woods a lot. I I know he didn't have a ton of production last year for the Browns, but he was somebody that you saw the flashes from him. And I thought this season you could see more of it, right? The receiver room this year is going to be great regardless. The additions that they've made, bringing in Goodwin, Elijah Moore, already with DPJ and Amari Cooper being here, and David Bell. Who knows what you get out of David Bell? But the wide receiver room was already really good for next season. But losing Michael Woods sucks. It sucks for him personally because – You know, year two is a really big developmental year, especially at wide receiver. And, you know, he he was kind of different from everybody else. Aside from DPJ, he was the only big ish receiver that can kind of fit that mold. 
And now he's gone. He's likely going to be out the entire season. So this leaves an interesting question. What did the Browns do at wide receiver? Because I've talked about this countless times. I'm going to keep banging the table. I do not care what people's opinions are, respectfully. But the fact is, the Browns need to address the wide receiver position long term. Now, again, next season, it's incredible. It's out of this world. It's very, very good from where we were last season, right? So, again, with the additions of Elijah Moore, Goodwin, there, that's a massive, massive deal. And I know people are going to kind of look at that and be like, oh, Elijah Moore, yeah, but Goodwin, really? Well, keep in mind, and also Jakeem Grant, you could throw in there as well, but Goodwin is the perfect third, fourth, fifth receiver, depending on how you want to look at him, because, again, he's a veteran. He's been in the league a long time, and I think the receiver room has been missing that veteran outside of Amari Cooper, and I think this gives you good veteran depth. This is one of the things that I was talking about before the offseason The Browns needed to find a guy that's experienced, that knows what he's doing, that can fill out the room. And they found that with Goodwin. And then with Elijah Moore, I mean, he's going to be your number two or number three receiver, depending on how the Browns use him. And, you know, you can really get a lot out of him. He was misused in New York. He had terrible quarterback play. So, again, you're going to get a lot out of this wide receiver room. But long term, It is currently Elijah Moore, David Bell, and Michael Woods. Now, with Woods going down today, that kind of leaves a hole because he was already going to be competing for a roster spot. And I know we joke about Anthony Schwartz. He's he's out the door. But it's more so down to like Jakeem Grant, Michael Woods draft pick, right? I personally think the Browns are going to have seven receivers on the final 53 roster. It's just a matter of how they decide to make up that room because you already know who the top, what, four or five guys are going to be. But that bottom of that receiver room is going to be interesting because there's so many different ways they could go. They could look at speed. They could look at size. It's just it's kind of a, a big question mark. But Michael Woods was your kind of second to DPJ as far as that size, big physical receiver. And again, you know, second year of development would have been huge for him and he's not going to have that anymore. So you can't count on really anybody else to fill that role. If DPJ goes down, you don't currently have that. So with that being said, the first prospect for you, Jonathan Mingo, again, receiver out of Ole Miss, Ole Miss, um, 6'2", 220 pounds. So just for context, me and Jonathan Mingo are essentially the same size. Difference is I'm a little bit lighter, but he is all muscle. I am not. I'm trying. But point being, I'm a big dude. Jonathan Mingo is a big dude. And that's what the Browns are looking for now with Michael Woods going down. Because, again, it's good to have the route runners. It's good to have the speed. It's good to have the quickness. but Every team has to have a big possession physical receiver. And yes, the Browns have that in DPJ. But here's another thing. Again, I'm going to keep pounding the table. DPJ is up for contract next season. So the Browns could technically extend him. And there have been reports uh, from some people that I trust and that I've talked to that the Browns could extend DPJ as soon as possibly 
after May, something like that, if they work something out. But for me, that doesn't make a ton of sense on his side of things because DPJ had a fantastic year last year with Jacoby Brissett. He's now going to have his first full season with Deshaun Watson. And yes, I know Elijah Moore is going to take away a lot of the targets and I'm probably a lot of yards and touchdowns from him. But DPJ, as far as production goes, I think you're going to get the most out of him per reception under Deshaun Watson, under a full se- having a full season under Deshaun Watson. That's what I was trying to say. So I think DPJ is going to price himself out. I don't think it makes sense at all for him to sign a contract extension right now. If I were him, I would play out this season and just ball out and see what the market is, right? Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think he loves Cleveland. I love him on the Browns. But the reality is the Browns probably aren't going to be able to give him the money that he can get elsewhere. So unless he signs this offseason, I'm not expecting him to be here long-term. That's a massive hole because then you're looking at currently long-term. And again, they could keep Amari Cooper, but you'd be looking at Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, David Bell, and Michael Woods. If you still, if you still want to count Michael Woods, Michael Woods. Um, Mingo, I view as – it's crazy because they are so similar in many, many ways. Jonathan Mingo and Donovan Peoples-Jones are a mirror of each other. I mean, Mingo – Everything you love about DPJ, Mingo has and more, in my opinion. And I'm somebody who was elated when the Browns drafted Donovan Peoples-Jones. I wanted to take him earlier than we got him, where we got him. So, I mean, everything I'm about to say here, don't take that as disrespect to DPJ. It's more so looking at the big picture here. And that's what the Browns need to do, because... Jonathan Mingo is not somebody you're going to draft and have come in day one and just be this ultra productive, crazy receiver. Anybody the Browns draft at the wide receiver position is going to be somebody you're going to be able to to be able to develop and bring along slowly. And Mingo is a perfect, perfect fit for that role. He ran a 4-4-6 40-yard dash, uh, 1.54 10-yard split. He had a 39.5 vertical jump. 22 reps on the bench. So keep that last point in mind because that's going to come into effect with the second guy I'm about to talk about. Um, But go watch. I I say this all the time, but go watch the tape on Jonathan Mingo because you will see a lot of similarities between DPJ and him. He's not the most fast receiver talking about Mingo. But I do think he is faster than DPJ. That is one of my biggest, biggest complaints with Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's just He just doesn't have the speed. But you constantly see him making all kinds of crazy catches. The way he contorts his body to come back to the football is incredible. He's a great possession receiver, and his route running has improved, right? It's gotten better, and that's why he's as good as he is. Mingo is exactly the same way, but I think he's more athletic and he's faster. Um, You know, when I turn on the tape and I watch Jonathan Mingo, his route running is it's not the best, but it's very calculated, right? He's a calculated route runner. He knows what he's doing. He specifically you can see it in his game determining where the corner's going, you know, just the little things as far as the route running side of things. Um, 
But what impresses me the most is just at his size, the ability to he has um, to just adjust to the football is it's incredible. It's one of the most fascinating things to watch in the NFL, looking at these big receivers and how they can go up and adjust to where the ball's at and come down with it. Mingo constantly did that in college. And I'm talking big time situations because for me, I don't judge these college football players coming into the NFL based on playing Akron and no disrespect to Akron. I'm just, that's a team that I threw out. Right. Um, but watching the tape, you will see highlights against Alabama highlights against LSU teams like that. And Alabama specifically really impressed me. There was a play, uh, and I'm not just saying highlights I'm watch the film in general, but as far as his good moments, there was a play where Mingo was lined up against Pat Sertain, which if you if you just stopped for a second and said, and I asked you, what's your opinion on Patrick Sertain? You would say one of the best young corners in the NFL has potential to be probably top three corner within the next year or so, right? He has that potential, right? Pat Sertain, Sauce Gardner, those kind of guys are elite as they come. I watched Jonathan Mingo straight up moss Pat Sertain. Just absolutely embarrassed him. And there was another play. I think it was Xavier McKinley, McKinney, uh, the safety, which if you remember the same year we got Grant Delpit, McKinley was somebody who was an option, very good player. He's doing these kind of things against great players. That's what's so impressive to me. He's not doing this stuff against scrubs. He's doing it against NFL caliber players. And his skill set is something that can be added onto. I don't think he's a finished product. I think he is literally, it's crazy. These Ole Miss receivers, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Elijah Moore, and there's others, they come in and they have all the potential in the world and you see them grow and step up. Elijah Moore, you're going to see that with him on the Browns, in my opinion. Mingo could be that right aj brown dk metcalf as great as they were in their first year or so they've gotten even better that's what i get so excited about with mingo here at his size at his speed with his athleticism and again the dpj style as far as ability to just come down with the football adjust to the football man if you can get this guy in the room and not count on him year one or possibly even year two, you know, step into a bigger role. Just the ability to bring him along slowly and mold him. This is your DPJ replacement. And I think he can be even better than DPJ. He's got all the tools to be better than DPJ. It's going to be interesting. If the Browns add this dude to this roster, it is going to be very, very interesting to say the least. Because, I mean, he's got some weaknesses, but not many. And it's kind of crazy that he's not being talked about, um, you know, up with some of these other names because he's got all the talent. He's got all the talent and especially and again, I'm not going to try to compare him to people. I think that's unfair. But just looking at the bigger receivers in the NFL, you know, your T Higgins of the world who have come in and proved that they can adjust to the NFL game and not be the fastest receivers in the world. I don't understand why scouts haven't really circled Jonathan Mingo because he's got everything. And 
I would certainly love to see him on the Browns. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Spring is in the air, and that can only mean one thing, spring grilling. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to spring into something delicious with their semi-annual sale. With 50% off site-wide, grab all your favorites like perfectly aged, tender steaks, ocean-fresh seafood, juicy burgers, incredible air-chilled chicken, and decadent desserts. Plus, when you go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S at checkout, you'll get an extra $30 off your order. It's the perfect way to get fired up and spring into something special. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use code DOGS at checkout. Take advantage of this deal right now. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, and you're going to want to hurry because 50% off site-wide is only happening for a limited time. So don't miss your chance to save big right now. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, at checkout. Get that additional $30 off when you shop their semi-annual sale today. Minimum order may be required. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Now, just talking about last week to this week, Marvin Mims, Jonathan Mingo, who do I like more between the two? Either way. I'm going to be elated because both of these guys bring you special traits in different ways. Um, as far as fit goes, I think Mingo Mingo makes more sense long-term than Marvin Mims because, again, like I said last week, you already got a similar player in Elijah Moore with Marvin Mims. Mingo, you don't have that guy long-term-wise, right? Again, DPJ, yes. But I'm treating this as more so you move on from DPJ, replace him with Mingo. He'll be ready. You can develop him, and he'll be ready in that second year to step up into a bigger role. I think it's a great fit. I really do. And I think his skill set matches very well with Deshaun Watson. Because, yes, he had Matt Corral in college, and Matt Corral was a great college quarterback, but nothing compared to what he would have with Deshaun Watson. So, Again, wrapping up, because I, I don't want to keep repeating myself here. Oh, and another thing I have written down. By the way, when you see me looking down, I have notes here. So, um, Good blocker is a very underrated side of this, right? Because as much as the Browns are probably going to change to a more passing offense, it doesn't hurt to have guys at receiver who can block downfield. And Mingo is one of those guys. So, who knows? I mean, again, the receiver uh, class this year is crazy. I mean, there's all kinds of depth, and it, it's it's funny how it's being talked about because people. I've heard people say this receiver class is not as good as last year. It's kind of down this year. I couldn't disagree anymore. The difference is you don't have Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, uh, all those top guys, I'm trying to think, Jahan Dotson, you don't have that top elite part. Like you really just have Flowers, Smith Najigba, um, and Jordan Addison, who I love, don't get me wrong, but the real talent and the real depth 
at wide receiver is between your second, third rounds. It's stacked. There's a ton of names, ton of names. We could sit here for hours and talk about the different receivers the Browns could bring in. But Mingo is a guy that is kind of being projected to go somewhat late. If the Browns can snag him, that would be incredible, in my opinion. So, again, let us know what you think. Let me know what you think. But watch watch his tape. Right. And more so as far as, you know, interaction here, I want to know if you guys see the similarities between DPJ and Mingo like I see, because personally, that's kind of that's what intrigues me the most about Jonathan Mingo. Right. Because I think you've already seen a guy similar to him and how he could fit in the offense. And he's got some more traits that could really take him to the next level. Now, as far as concerns, just real quick, I am a little bit concerned about the speed. But again, I, I'm it's nothing I'm really going to overreact to because we've seen guys be able to be good without it. So um, and I'm not talking without speed, just without that game breaking crazy speed. So. This dude is fun. <laughs> this dude would be really fun to have on the Browns. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, the next guy I want to talk about here is going to be a little bit different. I am not the biggest fan of this guy. I'll be honest with you. And that's Javon Dexter senior out of uh, Florida defensive tackle. He's six, six, 310 pounds, uh, four, eight, eight, 40 yard dash. He put up 22 reps in the bench press. Now I told you, keep that in mind because Jonathan Mingo also put up 22 reps in the bench press. Do you want your receiver to put up, I should say, do you want your defensive tackle to put up the same reps on a bench press as your receiver? Probably not. That's not a great, great sign. So this is, it's really interesting to me because Javon Dexter is not, he's got a lot that I like, but there's a lot that I don't like. It's its a very unique situation with a player um, because normally I'm either I really like a guy or I don't like him at all, right? That's just kind of how I look at the draft. Um, Dexter, I can't, I, I'll be honest, I haven't made my mind up on him yet. So there's a lot to like. There's a lot to not like. So let's start off with the good. Um, his run defense is out of this world. It is incredible run defense. If you turn on the film, that is literally like he's a monster. He's a run defender to through and through Dalvin Tomlinson style as far as like that is his skill set. Right. And the Browns have really struggled in run defense. So Dexter makes a lot of sense from that standpoint. It makes a lot of sense to bring in a guy whose number one skill set was your number one problem last year. But. There's uh, I, I'm I don't want to hate him. That's the thing. I, I want to love him. Right. But I just don't. I don't think he's that great. Um, his pass rush is atrocious. It is not good at all. Not good. Um, he's very slow at the snap of the ball. That is the first thing I noticed when I turned on his film. He is so slow at the snap. And at the NFL level, he's going to get pushed around. 
I'm really, really concerned about that. Um, and, you know, it's weird because the 22 reps on the bench, you would think he's not strong, but essentially, and I wish I could like stand up and show you visually, but essentially what Dexter does is like when the ball snapped, he's not like straight rushing. He's kind of standing back, getting hands on you and just eyeing what's going on. And that's what makes him such a good run defender because a lot of times guys will over pursue and, you know, they're too focused on getting the sack. They're too focused on, you know, the quickness of it. Dexter, he gets back, gets his hands on you. And if you're running this way, he's good enough to shift, you know, the guard or center, whoever he's on and make that tackle. And that's what's so confusing about him. The strength side of things looks great on tape. But at the combine, it looked like he's a weak defensive tackle. That's what doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I'm not I, – I don't know. I mean, the question more so for me is like where do you pick him? Because if this is – if you're talking about a late fourth, early fifth round pick, sure, sure. But, you know, as far as the Browns' needs – would I take Dexter over one of these good linebackers? No. No. Would I take Dexter over Mingo? No. I'm sorry. I just, I don't see enough talent here to warrant passing up somebody else for him because it's a position of need. That is kind of my problem here. And it's nothing against him. I think he could be a, a good player. I don't see the level of, contribution that we will need, right? I, I see him more so being one of these guys who comes in and is one of these rotation guys who just never pans out. You know, you, you guys hate Tommy Togiai. I see more talent with Tommy Togiai than I do Dexter. I'll be honest. Um, And it's concerning. It, it's really concerning because, again, it, it's that 50-50 thing. Run defense is... I would list him as like top three defensive tackles in the draft, but pass rush is atrocious. It's horrible. So it's kind of like, where's the balancing act there? Right. And again, for the Browns run defense was a big need. So it makes sense to circle Javon Dexter and say, Hey, that's a guy that we should target. But at the same time, you have to understand that the NFL is moving towards and has been more of a passing league. So I'm not going to bring in a defensive tackle with one of our higher picks if he's one-dimensional. And I don't see the ability to mold him. I'll be honest. I don't see that, you know, like with Perrion Winfrey, I see all kinds of potential there, right? Perrion, he's, he's got really good potential pass rushing, and at times he's been good on the run defense too. So I know he sucked last year early on, but there was times where you saw it. And I think you can build off of that with Dexter. I think he's so one dimensional that you, you don't, he's a liability to have out there on passing downs. That's not a guy that I'm drafting unless it's late, unless it's, you know, I'm not using one of my first picks on him. I'll be honest. So I'm interested to see what the public opinion, what your guys' opinion is on him. You know, I could be in the minority here. Um, I just, 
I don't love it. I don't. And and that it sucks that that's really all you can say, but that, that literally describes him perfectly. Fantastic run defender, terrible pass defense. That's just what it is. So, you know, I mean, if the Browns had more of a for sure number two defensive tackle, then I would be I'd be more okay with it. I'd be more okay with bringing in Javon Dexter and saying, hey, we got a great run stuffer. We'll work on him. But the Browns don't have that. They don't have that. There's Dalvin Tomlinson and a lot of, you know, shots in the dark. We'll swing for the fence, right? That's that's what the Browns have done with the defense, defensive tackle room as a whole this offseason. And again, I'm fine with it. You know, I'm not too upset, but I think you have to hit on these draft picks. We're not going to have money forever, right? So use the picks you have wisely. And again, I'm not saying in the third, fourth, fifth round, you're going to get franchise cornerstones, but contributors at the very least. I don't see Dexter being much of a contributor, right? And if you're just talking about these two guys that I'm naming for you here today i see all the potential in the world with jonathan mingo i see first second wide receiver potential with him and i know that's a stretch it is a stretch i'm not saying it's not he's for sure not a guaranteed star but at the very least i see a really good starter out of jonathan mingo javon dexter at the very best I see a rotation defensive tackle. That's what it comes down to for me. So um, we'll see again. I'm interested in seeing what the general opinion is on this one because I, I just, I don't see it. I'm sorry. I don't see it. But anyway, with that being said, let us know your thoughts. Drop a comment. Leave us a voicemail. We want to hear your thoughts. I'm really pumped about Mingo. Again, not as pumped about Dexter. But let us know, you know, leave a comment, like this video. Um, And also, don't forget to follow us, Dogs Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Join the dogs.com for the Patreon. Again, my name is Derek Frisbee. Check me out at DF Sports on YouTube. Till next time, have a good one, everybody. Go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.